Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club. That's getinthefight.club and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight. So let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate and I am the host of Get in the Fight podcast and ministries. And this is a podcast for Christian men. So if that is you, first of all, welcome. Thank you for listening. But not just any Christian man. This is really for the guy who is hungry for more. He is ready to fight for a bigger life. He is not content to just coast through life, to just uh, wake up every day and be tossed about uh, by every whim of life and go to church, but like really your heart's not in it. Go through life and you're not passionate anymore. You're not excited anymore. You want more from life. If that is you again, then welcome. This is a, uh, a place for you to connect with Christian men who feel like you do, that want to live a bigger, better life. They want to be stronger. They want to win. They want to get better. So again, if that's you, welcome. If it's not you, then maybe this will spur you on to get to that place. But really, that's who we're talking to and directing this to. And in particular today, we are in part number six of a series of messages that are going through a book called Divine Direction by Pastor Craig Rochelle. These are seven decisions that he says, and that I believe, can change your life. And so we've been talking about this starting at episode number 40. If you're trying to catch up, if you haven't you know, made it to part one, maybe start at episode 40. You don't necessarily have to listen in order, but I kind of recommend that you do because there is a, uh, a building up. There's a continuation of how this, this conversation builds on itself. So again, episode 40. But we're at part six, we're almost done, and what we've been doing is talking about the power of making God-honoring decisions. So we've talked about the idea that there's no small decisions. They all lead us in a certain direction in life. Every decision that we make either honors God or it doesn't. And every time we do that, we move in a certain direction, closer to or further away from the man that we're supposed to be. If you want to change your life, it starts with making better decisions. Every time you go listen to a story of a man, you think about your own stories as a man, they are an accumulation of day after day making certain decisions that put you in a certain direction that led you to certain destinations. Those destinations are the stories that you tell. One of the questions that we're being challenged with as we go through this book, as we read through it and talk about it together is, how happy are you with some of those stories? Wouldn't it be nice in those stories that are full of shame and regret and angst and worry, wouldn't it be nice if you could have gone back and simply did a redo, simply made a better decision in that moment? Well, good news, bad news here, <laughs> you can't. 
but you can learn from them. You can grow, you can get better, you can live a bigger life in the future. And in fact, you can point your life in a better direction by learning from those mistakes along the way. Look, nobody's perfect, only Christ himself. So we are simply trying to be transformed more and more into his image. And the way that we do that is by allowing God to direct us in our decision-making process. And if we will, what Craig says and what we've been talking about here based on his book is that it could absolutely change your life. So in the last episode, we talked about the idea that when you start to make God-honoring decisions, you start to become more like him. Jesus came to this earth, which is unbelievable, right? In the darkness of this world, he comes down from heaven and he said, you know what? I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve. And last time in, in episode 44, we talked about how that, that becomes a lot of who we are. As men, if you want to be a better man, then start making decisions that honor God because something changes inside of you when you start to honor God with your decisions. Today, we're going to talk about one other byproduct of making godly decisions, better decisions. And that is that we start to connect with other men who are on the same path as us. Now, when you don't make God honoring decisions, the same thing happens. This is what's really interesting. This kind of fork in the road that we talk about a lot is true in both a positive and negative direction. Who you hang out with matters more than you may know. In fact, I want to read this story to you from the book that is very powerful and kind of highlights on uh, the truth of this matter. In the book, Craig tells you this story, and he says this. For his wife's sake, Ben tried to remain stoic throughout the memorial service for his brother-in-law, Jack, a man 10 years his senior whom he had always admired. Jack's deep Christian faith had sustained him through two years of battling cancer, and his family and friends had gathered to celebrate Jack's life. Various people shared testimonials about their relationship with Jack, each from a different circle of his life, his office, his church, the youth center where he'd volunteered, on and on. The things that one man said in particular, though, said more than anything else to Ben. This man identified himself as a good friend of Jack's, one of six men who gathered for breakfast every Thursday morning for the past 18 years. They had met at church, and the group had started as a Bible study with more than twice as many guys attending. But as some men left and others joined for a season, they eventually stopped coming altogether, and Jack and these five other men came to form a special bond. While they still participated in a Bible study, they also started meeting for breakfast when one of them struggled through the agony of divorce. Then another member of the Super Six admitted his addiction to prescription pain pills, and the other guys joined to help him. The speaker revealed that over the years, these six men had endured just about everything a person can experience in life, losing jobs and raising kids, starting businesses and finishing marathons, and now they were faced with one of the most difficult losses of all, one of their own. Jack would no longer be cracking corny jokes over pancakes in the corner booth at the diner. Praying for Jack's wife and adult children as he concluded, the speaker was overcome with emotion, and it was made all the more tender when the four other members of the group joined him at the podium and placed their hands on his shoulders. At that moment, Ben could no longer hold back his own tears. How he longed for that kind of true friendship, that cord of connection with spiritual brothers who would encourage him and challenge him and hold him to the highest standard of Christ's example. But Ben had always been afraid to open up to friends, to really open up to them, even when he had the opportunity. 
His wife was, of course, his best friend, but there were certain things that only another Christian brother could fully grasp. Later at the reception, after the service, Ben introduced himself to the man who had spoken on behalf of the Super Six. Ben told him how lucky he was to be a part of such a group. The man looked him in the eye, smiled, and said, Well, we didn't just luck into being a part of this group. We made a commitment to one another, one that God has blessed and used in our lives, and he'll do the same for you if you'll let him. The words haunted Ben for the rest of the week. He couldn't shake the feeling that God wanted to, him to do something. Finally that weekend, he called two guys he knew from church, Kurt and Ron, and asked if they would like to have breakfast the next Thursday. Both said yes. Ben longed for a relationship like the one that he heard there, a true friendship, a, a deep connection, a cord with spiritual brothers that was built on something that was real and true. Ben, as he heard this story, just thought, man, I'm missing that. And in fact, when you hear that story, you might feel the same way. I know that for me, one of the greatest blessings of my life is to have godly friendships, men that I'm connected to that I could tell anything in this world. I could share every burden. I could be honest about every sin. I could be completely vulnerable, and they could be like that with me. And what a blessing to have that. In fact, think about your friendships, and as I listen, as I list some of these things for you here, a couple quotes and verses that I want to use just to kick off this conversation. I wrote them down, and I want you to listen closely to these. One says, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. This one says in Proverbs thirteen twenty, walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And this last one says, You become like the five people you spend the most time with. Who you hang out with the most, who you spend time with, who influences you, has such a profound effect and impact in your life. Think back to that story that I just read. This guy committed to friendship. He committed to the right kinds of friendship. They went through all kinds of things together. And then those friends that were left were standing there at the end in a meaningful, impactful way because they loved one another. This is so, so critical to doing life well and to living a bigger and a better life. My question to guys is so often this, who are you doing life with? Like who is genuinely there? Who is closely connected to you? Who knows you? all the way through because it matters more than you think see the decisions that we make in life we tend to think like we're you know in charge of those decisions ourselves, and that we control those and we make the best decisions that we can independent of other people but the reality is when you really look at it the people that you're around influence you more than you know Again, if you have a group of godly men that you're having breakfast with, that you're committed to being honest with on a week-to-week -week basis, you are much more likely to make a decision that honors God because you have men who are godly with you in a consistent basis. Think about the opposite of that. If you're a man today who does not have that, and you have buddies, not, not godly men, but just buddies, friends at work, friends that you hang out with and watch sports and drink beer with or whatever it is, right? Imagine if you don't have like that true spiritual connection with brothers, but you just have buddies, right? You are being influenced more than you think by the people that you spend the most time with. 
as you make these decisions and as these people influence you, your friends determine the future stories that you will tell. Again, we don't always think about it. We're like, no, I'm making this decision. I don't make this in light of other people. Well, yes, you do. Because those people are going to steer you in a certain direction or you're going to allow them to steer you closer to Christ or further away. Think about it this way. I, I can look back at my life, and I bet you could look back at yours too and think, gosh, the times that I made the biggest mistakes, the times where I was having to tell stories that now bring shame and hurt and you know all of the, the negative, those are probably times in my life where I was furthest from God and furthest from accountability with brothers. How about you? Probably the same story, right? You can probably go back and pinpoint like, you know what? I wasn't in the word and I wasn't with godly people. But think of it the other way too. The times that you have been tempted or had the ability to make life-altering decisions, maybe even as simple as like buying a house, but you had godly wisdom around you, men in your corner, who could help steer you and say, well, have you thought about this? Have you prayed about this? Have you talked to God about this, right? Or whatever it is. When you have godly men in your life, they can help steer the direction of, the, of all of the decisions that you're making. Again, you're making the decision, but you're being influenced more than you think. For good or for bad, you are being influenced and that influence is impacting the stories that you tell later, right? The, the people that you're with today influence tomorrow's stories. So as we think about this life-changing conversation that we're having, these divine directions, what we're doing is saying like, look, yeah, you're in charge of your life, but when you bring the divine into the decision-making, it can steer your life to where you're telling better stories. And that's really what we're trying to do. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. And if you are, please do me a big favor and simply get engaged in a simple way. For you, that might be clicking the like button or maybe subscribing to the show. For others, it may be commenting on a show that really stands out to them, or maybe it's just copying the URL and texting it to a friend or pasting that into your social media or sharing it via text, whatever it is. All of those things make a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more Christian men who are trying to live bigger and better lives. So number one, thank you for being a listener, and thank you for being a part of this community and part of this show. We appreciate it more than you know, and we appreciate you getting engaged and helping us out. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Going back to the book here, Craig says this, it's midnight, and you get that phone call that every parent dreads telling you that your teenager has been involved in a collision and is being rushed to the ER. Or maybe it's that unexpected conversation with your boss when he informs you that your position has been eliminated and you have until 5 o'clock to pack your desk and leave the building. It could be when your spouse tells you that she's having an affair or when your test results come back positive for a disease that you thought only other people got. Who do you call in those moments? Who do you want to confide in as you enter the valley of the shadow of life's most heart-wrenching moments. Other than family members, most people either call a close friend or they wish they had someone they could call. In those moments, we desperately need each other. We need someone who cares to be present with us, someone to listen to us vent or hold us when we cry. 
We need trusted friends to love us and remind us of God's peace and presence in the middle of life's unexpected storms. And not only do we need this type of friend, we need to be this type of friend to others, the kind of people that you can trust and respect and confide in and the one that you love to be around. You know, we all need that person or those people. And we need to also be that kind of person or people to somebody else. I, I, I heard this stat the other day and it really kind of blew me away. It was from the American Sociological Review and it said that around 25% of America, roughly, they anticipate just based on all of their research and data, have one or zero close friends. Like 25%, 80 million people, it said would say that they have no close friends. Think about that for a second. Think about like the situation that puts you in when life falls apart. I know for my wife and I, we had a, a moment several years ago, the darkest time, the hardest part of our marriage easily. And when things were revealed that kind of just shook our world, we called some friends and they came right over. <laughs> and they cried with us and they prayed with us and they just sat with us and it was profound, right? In the moment, we're just overwhelmed. But like, we knew who to call. What about you? What about these 80 million people? What if, what if they're, what if that stat, by the way, is half wrong? <laughs> what if, what if it's only 40 million, not 80 million? This is still a major problem, isn't it? If you have nobody to call, nobody that's in your corner, Nobody that you know cares. What kind of position does that put you in? Right? To be alone and to be isolated like that, to not be connected deeply to another godly man, is to miss out on so much of what life is all about. You know, in the book, Craig kind of points to four reasons, and I want to kind of cover those with you. Like, why is this happening? Why do we not have more men connected deeply like this to spiritual connections like this? Strong spiritual relationships and friendships well he says there's a couple of things number one he, he says like men are working more and what they're saying in these you know surveys and reviews is that their friends that they're probably closest to are guys at work now that doesn't mean that's a bad thing and certainly depending on where you work that could be good or bad i suppose but what we're saying is like outside of work there's no like real friendship it's like the people that you see and you hang out with and you talk to it's it's surface level, though. It's work level for the most part, right? I mean, if you have godly friends at work, that's amazing. What a blessing to be able to go to work and have that. The odds are you have that friendship then outside of work as well. But what we're seeing here is that if you're just going to work, and that's pretty much what you're doing with the majority of your time, and for most of us it is, you're probably missing out on that deep spiritual bond. You have to have that for most men outside of their work, and most men just don't. Number two, he says that people are moving more frequently and working remote. And think about that. When COVID came through, it really just it opened up the idea even more than it already had been of the ability to work from anywhere and to work from home. I mean, think about like the way our society is right now. Like it is taking away human connection. I mean, just across the board between the internet and getting food delivered via you know, drones or whatever it is, or somebody will just bring it to you. You don't even have to go in stores anymore. You can just park. It's this great convenience. But what happens with great convenience and all these things, you can work remote, live isolated, and never have to be human. 
And we have a, a lack of deep connections because of that. Number three, he says divorce. You know, friends get divided when marriages fall apart. Think about like if you've been married for a certain period of time and you've built this connection with your wife's family or just friends, like you, you would do stuff as a couple. Well, guess what? You don't just divorce this person. What happens is you separate from all of these other people as well. And it just fractures connections and relationships. Number four is an obvious one though, but he says like social media, like we have friends online, <laughs> right? All kinds of friends, but nobody in person. And so when you look at this, like, and you just think, man, this is like important who you have can, you know, a deep connection with matters more than you think. And yet we struggle to find those deep connections because of all these reasons. And I'm sure more, I'm sure a big piece of it is just fear. I mean, like we just have guys that are just so afraid of being honest or vulnerable or sharing like a really scary secret. And, and because of that, we just swallow it. We just eat it. We go to church. We put on the smile. <laughs> we say everything's fine. But deep inside, we're falling apart. Deep inside, we know something is missing. We are more connected now in our world than ever. And we're lonelier than ever. And it's because of a lot of these reasons that Craig's saying. And so I'm making this point to you today that you are very wealthy if you are married and have close friends. Most people today are struggling to find connections like that. And if you have that, you're the new rich. You, you are the new wealthy to be married and to, to love your wife and then to have deep friendships, you, you hit the lottery, right? And, and our hope here in this conversation is if you don't, then we want to help spur on this idea because here's the, the, the simple truth. When it comes to making God-honoring decisions, you are one friend away from living a better life and changing your story. You're one friend away from changing your life. We want to help men encouraged men, <laughs> inspire men to do whatever it takes to connect deeply with other brothers. Now, and I know for a lot of you, it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, the idea here is that you need to be a man and do something tough. For a lot of you, that's just going to be, you know, like finding the ability to reach deep inside of yourself and say, what am I really afraid of here? What do I really think is going to happen if I open up to somebody? What's, what's really at stake if I invite somebody from church to have coffee and they can't or they say no and they're not interested? What's really going on? Like, What's really the fear that's holding you back? And is that fear worth it to stay stuck in that way? Or, or would it possibly be worth it to keep going until you can find a connection that just fits naturally and God just brings you together? What if you just started praying? that God would bring you at least just one friend? What if you would just say, God, help me to be a friend to someone? And what if you're the answer to the prayer of that guy that you don't even know is saying he needs you, but he does, right? We're trying to help you to connect and to be somebody's friend and for you to find a friend that you somebody could be that friend for you because it, it's life and death. In fact, Craig says like there's three kinds of friends that everybody needs. Number one, you need a friend who will challenge you to be your best. I love that. Our fight club that we have inside of our community here at getinthefight.club is powerful because it's really intended to be a place that's genuine and real and challenging. In fact, we do a weekly challenge as part of our 
commitments to each other and we just say like, okay, this week, this is what I'm committed to doing. And then somebody checks in on you. How did you do? Right? Like we are coming to this thing to say, I want to be challenged. I want to be my best. I want to live a bigger life. You need to have a friend like that. You need to have a friend who also will help you to grow closer to Jesus. I mean, again, think about the idea of having buddies versus brothers. If you've just got buddies that you just, you know, hang out with and do like common things, that's good. That's fine. It's social. There's, there's a benefit to it, but it's different than a brother who makes you challenges you to be more like Jesus. Somebody who like encourages you and inspires you to be a better husband and father, uh, a better follower of God. Right. So you need to have friends who help challenge you to be your best, but also to get closer to God. And then you also need friends who would tell you the truth. You need to have people who love you enough to say, Hey, Nate, you know, there's something going on. I just want to talk to you about it, man. I care about you. Like Nate, this, there's a way that you treat people. That's not good that you probably don't even see. Is it okay if I share with you what I see here or whatever it is, right? Like you need somebody who can come to you like that. And here's what I would suggest actually, that you invite it, that you find men like this and just say like, I'm inviting you to be critical in a good way because I want to be my best. I want to be more like Jesus, right? You need friends like this. Who do you have in your corner? Who are you doing life with? Who are you most connected to? Going back to the book again, Craig says this, if you need to get closer to God, connect with the right person who can help. If you want a good marriage, there's nothing like befriending people who have strong marriages. If you want to grow in your parenting skills, you might find someone wise and then do life with them. Walk with the wise and grow wise. If you hope to start a business, then gleaning from someone who started a successful business is a great place to start. If you need to learn how to handle your finances better, I know that if you pray for the right influence, God will answer that prayer. David's son, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Instead of hanging out with people who dull your skills or put down your dreams, it's time you start finding friends who make you sharper. If you connect with someone who makes you better today, the stories you tell tomorrow will become even more meaningful to you and to others. I love that. Who are you doing life with? Again, we've already kind of said this, but the people that you are with the most influence you more than you think. And you may just be one friend away from changing the stories that you tell tomorrow. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to implore you <laughs> to find somebody that you can just be honest and real with. I want to just challenge you to step out of how scary that might feel. I know what it's like to be a man and to talk to men all the time who are afraid of you know, telling the truth. It's like they, they have a secret. They've been molested as a kid. And they don't want anybody to know. They don't ever want to feel that fear or that shame or that guilt or all those things. You got men who are struggling with pornography that are great Christian leaders, but they can't seem to shake it. And they don't want to expose that. They don't want to risk all that could happen negatively if it gets found out. You have men that are just struggling to be good dads. You know, they're, they're great 
in public, but man, behind the doors of their own home, they, they struggle to live out, you know, what they need to. You have guys that are dangerously on the edge flirting with other women at work or they're eyeballing every girl they see at the gym or at church even and, you know, on and on. They're, there's like guys are afraid of being honest. They're afraid of connecting because they know it's dirty. They know the story is imperfect and they just think, would they even like me <laughs> if they knew who I really was? And I'm telling you, the truth of the matter is the devil is trying to keep you from connecting deeply with other men who probably struggle with something similar. Everybody, every man has something that he struggles with that he would hate for you to know, but he knows he needs to not be hiding, right? You may have to just start slow. Just pray that you can just find a good friend, right? Like I wouldn't suggest that you just invite somebody for coffee who you don't really know and don't really know if you can trust yet and just spill your guts. It's not what I'm saying. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes wisdom to know what to share and with who. It takes trust. But I'm telling you, you have to start that process. And if you will, you might just be one friend away from changing everything, from changing stories down the road, from being, I wish I would have, to I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I took that chance, right? Would you take that chance? Would you pray that God would bring you people that you can connect with and build a deep brotherhood and friendship. If that is the cry of your heart, I hope that you will pray through that and, and look for God to help you with that. Going back to the book one more time here, Craig says this, Regardless of where you see yourself, I encourage you to take an inventory of your friendships. Which of your friends are close enough to you, intimate enough with you, that you would want them to speak at your funeral someday? Who would you want describing the special close bond you shared and telling others about how, how you helped each other love and serve the Lord more completely? You're one friend away from a better marriage. You're one confession away from overcoming an addiction. You're one conversation away from getting in better shape. You're one introduction away from climbing out of the doldrums. You're one mentor away from exercising your gifts and becoming a better leader. It's not too late to connect with someone who will change your destiny. Your decision to connect will change the story you tell one day. Craig does an amazing job. And again, I encourage you to read the book, to find Craig on, on YouTube, look up the, some of the sermons that he teaches on this. He kind of teaches through it in different ways than what I'm highlighting here. And it's worth watching it. It can absolutely change your life if you will follow these seven decisions, if you will learn to honor God in your decisions, and in particular to today's conversation as we wrap it up, if you will take the chance to connect and to build around you a team of men who love you and love the Lord, if you can find that, even if it's one or two, it can change your life. It can change your future. It can change your marriage. Again, he mentions your health, right? If you are like the five people you spend the most time with, and you start hanging out, even if it's on podcasts like this, or reading great authors like Craig, or whatever it is, like if you can start hanging out with people who love the Lord and will point you in the right direction, it will change your life. In the same way that hanging out with people at the bar will put you in a certain direction. Hanging out with guys, you know, who do not go to church and serve the Lord or talk nice about their wives or whatever it is, it's going to put you in a certain direction. You are friendships away, maybe just one friendship from changing your life. So here's my thing to you. If you're not sure where to start, 
then I just want to invite you to at least check out the ministry called Get in the Fight, the ministry that I lead and I'm a part of in the community of men here in our ministry. It is a place for men to gather online and to connect and to share real life together. Come and check it out. It's getinthefight.club, or you can email me and just send me your story. Tell me you know, what it is that's going on in your life. I do one-on-one coaching. We, we build this community where men can come and gather. But, but there is help. You don't have to and you can't do this life on your own. Please don't keep trying that. Please don't hide and uh, stay in the shadows the whole time. Reach out to me, Nate, at getinthefight.club. You can reach out to me directly. You can reach us on our social media. But don't try to do this life on your own. There are groups out there. Again, if it's not mine, no problem, right? There are a ton of Christian men and organizations coming alive today to help men fight and win. If it's not getting the fight, no problem. But you can't do life. You're not built this way to just, you know, be this rogue warrior on your own. God has meant for you and made you to live in community with other men, other believers who can help you to go further, faster. So I'm imploring you, check it out, getinthefight.club. Email me, reach out to me, or just find a local Bible study or, or take the chance to go talk to some men in your church, some friends that you just say like, hey, would you be interested in doing a Bible study or meeting for breakfast once a week or once a month? I don't know. I don't care. But you have to take some chances. You've got to fight for godly connections. These friendships will change your life. Just remember this. As we close, decisions lead to directions that you walk. The direction that you're walking leads you to destinations. And it's in those destinations that you end up in that you tell these stories for good or for bad. If you want to tell better stories, bigger stories, then connect with godly men. Do that and tell better stories. That's what we're here for, right? Get in the fight, get connected, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.